It is Locked on Jazz for the 11th of May. It's okay. They're going to be good for a long time. That's what they're saying about the Memphis Grizzlies. It's what they probably said about the Utah Jazz. And it's what they've said about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 other franchises in the last 15 years. And we figure out what that really means. Going to be good for a long time. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Today's edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com. Use the promo code NBA to get go to the App Store, download the app, Prize Picks, your daily fantasy made easy. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first Listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to play a little game today on YouTube when we run through a good for a long time team. I'm going to want you to write a why for success and no for no success. If you're watching this on YouTube today in the comment zone, just kind of see what everyone's perspective on things are. Um, and uh, thanks very much for tuning in. If you're on any of the podcast platforms, super appreciate it. Hopefully you'll get the same experience. If you're on YouTube, please comment uh, as the show goes along. All right, so here's the concept. Memphis is in the second round. They're battling. John Morant gets this injury. It's brutal. And I just keep hearing someone, someone, everyone kind of saying, well, it's okay. They'll be good for a long time. They're going to be good for a long time. You hear everyone kind of say that um, about Memphis right now. It, it's actually, the, the truth is, this is tragic. They were... Battling the Warriors, they're the second ranked team in the West this year. They have an incredible momentum in their group. And they had a chance to beat the Warriors, who have a chance to win the title. And John Morant's injury probably eliminates them from a chance to win the title. Like, Chris Paul was going to have a real problem with John Morant. Chris Paul and Desmond Bain were going to have a real, or excuse me, Chris Paul and Dylan and Devin Booker could have had a real problem with Desmond Bain and John Morant in the next round. Um and Steven Adams gets to suddenly play against DeAndre Ayton. And Jaron Jackson pulls DeAndre Ayton out. Like, th- that was a good matchup for Memphis uh, in the next round. And so everyone's like, oh, but it's okay. They'll be good for a long time. And what struck me about that is we've heard that about so many teams, probably including the Utah Jazz, right? If we look back at the Utah Jazz, we've been in the playoffs for six straight years. And in 17-18, we lose to the Houston Rockets in the second round of the playoffs with Donovan having beat Oklahoma City in his rookie year. It's our second year in the playoffs is in a row with Rudy. Second year. And everyone kind of says, oh, they're going to be good for a long time. And we lose the next year to the Rockets in the first round. And then we lose to Denver in the bubble in the first round. Then we beat Memphis and lose to the Clippers in the second round, lose in the first round. And since we've been good for a long time, we actually only have one playoff win. And that's disappointing. I'm not sure it's entirely uncommon. Winning in this league is incredibly difficult. The teams we're going to run down are teams we remember, and so they're all going to be a little bit better than what the Utah Jazz have done, but hopefully the Utah Jazz aren't done yet. But it's interesting. Let's look at Portland to start. 
The Blazers, I think, are, the, are, are interesting. They're a similar market size. And in 08-09, so we're going back a little bit here. This is kind of the furthest we go back. We're going back over 15 years. I looked at every team in the league over 15 years. And some I dismiss. Like, And they're probably, frankly, better parallels to us than others. But it's, it's, it's interesting. The ones I chose were intentional, not all-encompassing. How about that? So Portland, in 08-09, they had Brandon Roy was 24, LaMarcus Aldridge was 23, Nicholas Batum was 20, and Greg Oden at the time was 21. And they lose in the first round to the Rockets in six. And they push the Rockets, who were really good then. And everyone says, they'll be good for a long time. Three first round playoff losses and over. Over. Put in the comment section, why for success and for failure? Or let's go with F for failure because that's three first-round losses and that didn't work. That one's pretty amazing. Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge, Nicholas Batum, and Greg Oden at the time felt like four potential Hall of Famers, 24 or under, going to be good for a long time, never win a playoff series. 13-14 Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard's 23. LaMarcus Aldridge is now 28. Uh and um, they have another piece to that puzzle that's 25, and I'm struggling to read my writing. So they're, they've got kind of three pieces. They lose in the first round, and then they uh, the next year, in they're kind of similar. Their second year, they're going to be good for a long time year. They push the, under Terry Stotts, they push the San Antonio Spurs to five games. Oh, 13-14, their first playoff year run. They beat the Rockets in six, and then they lose to the San Antonio Spurs in five games. Um, Nicholas Batum, by the way, was the player at 25 years old that I was uh, forgetting about there, that I didn't couldn't read my writing on. So Aldridge is 28, Batum's 25, Lillard's 23. They make the second round, they, they, they win the first round, and they're going to be good for a long time because they have Dame. They proceed to lose in the first round the next year. They win a series. They then lose in the first round. They then lose in the first round, which is really now at this point exactly where the Jazz are at the exact same point. They then have their little burst out in 1819 where they sneak out and they beat the Thunder. Then they beat the Nuggets surprise. They beat the Nuggets in seven and they lose. They get swept by the Warriors in the conference finals. They're nowhere near a title contending team, but the playoffs broke for them right and they make the title they make the conference finals and then they lose twice in the first round. So from 13-14 on, when the Portland Trailblazers lose to the Spurs in five, they have an eight-year run that includes three series victories. Or their next seven years, they have their next seven years, they have three more series victory, eight-year run where they win four series. And that's good for a long time. Yeah, but Memphis is different. Memphis has got John Morant and Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain. Really? That's like different than Damian Lillard, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Nicholas Batum? That's different than Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge, Nicholas Batum, and Lamar and, and Greg Odom? Maybe it is different. But here's two right out of the shoot that tell you, right? Now that one's interesting. Comments zone. That's seven more years, a one conference finals. Three playoff series wins after it's good a long time. Is that a success Y or a failure N in the comments section on YouTube? 
Okay, let's go back to 96-97 and the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is another going to be good for a long time. And this has one of the top, I mean, I don't know where KG finishes in the history of this league, but it feels like, you know, he's a proverbial guy. You say he's top 10 and still you suddenly have to, until you have to actually vote who's top 10. So we're back to 96-97. Again, this is going pretty far back. But in 96-97, they make their first playoff series and they get swept. It's a three-game series by the Houston Rockets. And at that point, Kevin Garnett is 20. Stephon Marbury is 19. They have um, some other nice pieces to that puzzle on that team. Tom Gugliotta is 27. He's actually their leading scorer. And they're really young. And then the next year in 97-98, they push the Sonics to a five-game series. And they they win game four. Um, they, they're up two games to one, if I remember correctly, in that series. Um, and they lose game four at home in a really close one. Um, and then they... They uh, they win game five. Uh, they lose game five at home. But this is, they're going to be good for a long time. They, they're clearly going to be good for a long time. They pushed the Sonics in the 97-98 season. The Sonics the year before had been to the NBA Finals. Um, I think that's right. Or maybe had been to the NBA Finals two years before. This is where the Jazz are last Finals run. And this group proceeds to then lose in the first round for the next five years before the 2003-2004 season in which they do make the conference finals. But by that point, it's Kevin Garnett, Latrell Sprewell, and Sam Cassell that's the roster. Stefan Marbury's out after the second year. They go through a Terrell Brandon Wally Zerbiak version with Kevin Garnett. And then Kevin Garnett, Latrell Sprewell, and Sam Cassell do make the conference finals in 03-04. And then it's over. Then they actually don't, with Kevin Garnett still on the roster for two more years, they don't make the playoffs the next two years. So they're, after their anointment of going to be good for a long time, they proceed to make the playoffs for six more years, five first-round exits, two conference wins, and then two non-playoff years. Success, Y, failure, N in the comment zone. Those are three pretty amazing teams like Dame Lillard's a 10-time all-star you've got on your roster Brandon Roy was as good as any player in the league and then injuries got him Kevin Garnett's one of the 20 greatest players probably to ever play in the history of the game and there's our first three examples anointed going to be good for a long time and you're I'm looking at the comment section YN mostly ends Let's keep going. We'll keep looking at all these. It is a Wednesday edition of Locked on Jazz. It's brought to you by our good friends over at Intercap Lending. In June of 2019, Intercap Lending doubled what they did in 2018. So in like 2018, 2016, Josh Romney brought Intercap to Utah. It was a 40-year-old company, one of the largest independent mortgage lending companies. And in 2019, they had taken all of their 2018 and doubled it. And it was like, oh, they're really rolling. And they have just kind of continued on that path, time and time again. It's got to be unbelievable for Brock, uh, their CEO, to sit down and look at what they've done, but they just keep going. I mean, when they first started, they had a branch. Then they had 15. I was looking at a note I wrote in July of 2019 that they then had 15 branches. Now it just keeps growing, and they're out of state as well. And we have our own personal loan officer through Intercap Lending. His name is Steve Carter. His number is 385-885-28. There's nothing I can feel more secure in promising you than a great experience from Steve Carter. And if 
You want me to set it up, just email me at DLOCK09. It's time to act now. The interest rates are jumping a little bit. And Intercap Lending is here to help you. Call Steve Carter. Tell him you're locked on jazz. Get the corporate discount at 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Athletic Greens right here. Good morning. A little AG1 for the body. There it is. Had my morning AG1. Fire you up. Uh, Gives you all the uh, nutrients you need. Uh, An incredible collection of, what is it, like 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, uh, all for you to start your day right. And when you think about going to the juice store, one of those kind of things, it's, what, $10, $12 to get, like, a good smoothie now. So you get Athletic Greens, and it's really – Less than $3 a day investing in your health. It's cheaper than a lot of things out there. It's probably cheaper than your latte uh, as well, or your chai tea, or whatever you get that's all right for you. Over 7,000 five stars are recommended by professional athletes. It is uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. So make it easy. Go to Athletic Greens. And give yourself a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and a five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NBA Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Cheers to those of you having a little AG1 with me this morning. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first Listen of every single day. Our NBA draft show is locked on NBA Big Board. Rafael Barlow's leading it. It's available for you as your second listen every single year. All right, let's continue. This one's just stunning. This one is maybe the greatest going to be good for a long time failure in NBA history. It really might be. In 1415... The New Orleans Pelicans, this this is amazing. And because he's won a title, he's going to get a pass on this. In 1415, the New Orleans Pelicans made the NBA playoffs against the Golden State Warriors, and they got swept. But Anthony Davis averaged 32 points and 11 rebounds, and everyone said, and the Warriors were great. That was Steph, Clay, Draymond, Harrison Barnes, Andrew Bogut. Like, they go to win it. And everyone said... Like, they're going to be great for a long time. Anthony Davis is the next coming. In the, they, first of all, they fire Monty Williams, which in retrospect certainly looks like a mistake since he's coach of the year. They then don't make the playoffs the next two seasons. In 17 18, they make the playoffs. They blow out the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. Anthony Davis has another amazing playoff series. He averages 33 points, 12 rebounds. They're they're rolling. They go up against the Warriors again and get smoked. And they're still really, really young at this point. The 17-18 season, Anthony Davis at this point is still 24 years old. So guess what? They get anointed a second time. Going to be good for a long time. And you know what they do? Never make the playoffs again. And they have Drew Holiday also. By the way, 
Go punch N in the comment section. N, 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 N. Okay. The most fascinating retrospective good for a long time are are two teams. One I actually think is very similar to the Utah Jazz we have left. Another is a play had is the process. We'll look at that. Another's kind of is is a, another similar market to Utah. Those are three of the ones left. And then we have two that have the greatest players in the game at the time that they're going to be good for a long time. Where do we start? Do we go with the two superior players? Do we go the two similar market sizes? Or do we go with the process? Let's go with the superstar players because they do have some real success here. These might be wise. So the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Sam Presti goes on the single greatest drafting stretch in the history of the game. In three consecutive drafts, he drafts an MVP. I mean, it's like just chew on that for a second. It's incredible. And the Oklahoma City... In the 09-10 season, make the playoffs for the first time. They push the Los Angeles Lakers in six games. They lose. Kevin Durant's 21. Russell Westbrook's 21. James Harden is 20. Jeff Green is 23. And shall we all say it together? They're going to be good for a long time. And they were. Let's see what you think of it, though. They go to the conference finals the next year even ascending even more. They're very similar to Memphis at this point. In the 11-12 season, they lose in the finals. So they're, they're, they're tracking. They then lose in 12-13 in the first round, and in 13-14, they lose in the second round. So in the four years post their first little run, or in the case of Memphis, it's really their second run, but if you give them that first year also, they proceed to make the playoffs for the next four years and they win three, two, three, six, seven playoff series. Pretty great. With three MVPs, right? With a level of talent unprecedented on, I don't think there's another team in the history of the NBA that's had three players that won an MVP in that short a period of time that we're on it. Now there's some other teams where you, you bring some guy in the last stage of his career and maybe they then don't make the playoffs in the 14, 15 season. And then they make the conference finals again in 15, 16. And then it starts to fall apart because they lose in the conference finals and Durant leaves and then they proceed. Then it falls apart. So with three of the greatest players in the league, they, they, after their second round loss, in their third, after they lose in the final, they go to the conference finals, lose the finals, lose in the second round. They then trade Harden. So it lasts for three seasons as that collection. They make the conference finals. They miss the playoffs. They make the conference finals. So the going to be good for a long time with Durant, Westbrook, Harden turns out over the next six seasons, an NBA finals, three conference finals, one non-playoff run, and then it's over. Over. Then they go out in the first round for four straight years with Westbrook. Over. Success, why? 
failure N in the YouTube comment section. Success Y, failure N, going to be good for a long time, was six years. No NBA title, but a finals, three conference finals. I'm going to go yes, but it's only six years. It's only six years. Like, that's incredible. Okay, let's look at the other one that had one of the great players in the NBA, the most dominating offensive player, maybe the greatest offensive player the game had ever seen for the run he had here, and that's James Harden. So Harden gets traded, and they lose in 12-13 to the Thunder in six in his first year. I'm not sure everyone thinks they're going to be good for a long time. The next year, Harden begins to get going under Kevin McHale. It's their second year, similar to where the Grizzlies are right now, similar to where we were when we beat the Thunder in Donovan's rookie year. And they lose in the 13-14 playoffs, also in the first round of Portland 6. But now it's clear, like, oh, Harden's amazing. He averaged 25, I think 5 and 6 that year. He's about to explode. They're going to be good for a long time. And here's what their, their run proceeds over the next six years. And we'll call it seven from the beginning. They make a conference finals in 14-15 under Kevin McHale. They lose to the Warriors in five. In the finals, they make, they lose in the first round. They win, they lose in the second round. They make a conference finals. They lose in the second round. They lose in the second round. So the run with James Harden as the most dominant offensive player in the game is seven years. They make no NBA finals. They make two conference finals and they have three Second round appearances. So they have five in the seven years there. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven playoff wins. And they're the best player, the most dominant offense player in the game, MVP. They win 65, 53 games. They're winning, you know, 50, they're winning 67, 80% of the games almost at one year. What do we think? So going to be good for a long time, proceeded to be seven more years, two conference finals, three second rounds, and two first round outs. Why success and failure? One's tough. Why success and failure? With th- This is with one of the three best players in the game. Now let's go look at two similar markets to the Utah Jazz. This next team we're going to look at, I think, is the most similar team to the Jazz with some things we really can learn for the future. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Oh, white chocolate. The birthday cake puff is out. The reviews I'm hearing are incredible. On the birthday cake puff, they are available right now with the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off. They're sold out of the granola bars. This place is so popular. Like, you've got to jump on things. Coconut marshmallow churro and banana cream pie are also available. can be bought as puff mix boxes. The regular flavors are all still there. As you have your, usually 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 grams of sugars, and 17 grams of protein. Whether it's for a protein bounce or whether it's a little treat in the middle of the day, it is Built Bar, and it's a perfect answer. Protein bar, candy bar, quite frankly, hard to tell 
but without question, my favorite in the middle of the day snack I can have. It is Built Bar. Go to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Get you taken care of with 15% off your entire order. Continuing on our road of teams that were going to be good for a long time. Thanks very much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz, making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. If you're a Major League Baseball fan, hard to keep up with everything. Locked on now is recapping all the games for you throughout. Side note for those of you on YouTube, I look at my hair before the show starts. I'm like, ah, who cares? And then I get like halfway through the show and every insecurity kicks in. Like, why did I do something about my hair? And then my office is a total pigsty, but I actually cleaned it the other day. So my usual three hats, six different aspects are around. All right, some of the comments that are coming in right now, just quickly before we go to the team that I think is most similar to the Jazz. Any team that lost to Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Warriors, I can't call a failure. That was pretty much an unfair team in my opinion. It's a really good point by Spencer. Uh, Dalen says, this is why I agree with David's goal of getting the Final Four each year because then it's so based on injuries, luck, style, matchup, et cetera, but you give yourself a consistent chance. This is always what I believed. I, I, you know, I'm sure Justin Zanuck, Danny Ainge, Ryan Smith, Quinn Snyder, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert would tell me to go screw. I, I would build, if I was in their chairs, I would build a team to make the final four in my conference, win a playoff series. Now, we haven't done that in, we haven't done that in what? Two, three of the last four? Right. Okay. So that's fair. That, that means we need some, I would, I would want some deep assessment of like, why, why haven't we in the last three and four years uh, been able to reach that level? But to me, that, um, I, th- I think that's a, that's your standard. And this is showing you how incredibly hard that is because these are teams are going to be good for a long time. Garrett says, I think championship or bust mentality is a little unfair. The only one team can win it every year. It's tough. You can still have a successful year if you don't win a chip. And then, of course, macho man Jake Abbott says, championship or bust, no medals for second place. Doesn't mean we aren't proud of the Jazz, but the goal is to win the championship. Jake, that was unfair, but it was for the sake of entertainment. Um, But it was funny because someone laughed when I did that. All right, so let's get to it. The Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are the most similar team that I can find in a lot of ways to the Utah Jazz. And there's a bunch of pieces in here that are really interesting. So let's walk through it. In 07-08, they lose in the first round in seven games to the Boston Celtics in a sweet series. Um, the Celtics actually go on to win the title. The Hawks stun the Celtics in game six that year, 103-100. And then game seven, if you ever kind of read, ever listen to Bill Simmons, never shut up about the Celtics. Um, they talk about this game seven. It's like, oh, the Celtics finally clicked in and they beat Atlanta 99-65. They like crushed them. But that Atlanta team was Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Al Horford, and Marvin Williams. And Joe Johnson was, I think, 26th, and Josh Josh Smith was 23, and Marvin was 22, and Al Horford was 22. And Joe Johnson averaged, they, they were all very good in that series. It was like, this was their coming out party in 07, 08. And then in 08, 09, they beat the Miami Heat in uh, of Dwayne Wade and the Miami Heat in seven. So it was like the ultimate example of the fact that they broke through to the other side and they they busted through it and they had a home court that year after finishing second. They actually are the Memphis Grizzlies at this point, frankly. And then they get swept in four by the Cleveland Cavaliers in 08-09. But under Mike Woodson, this is going, they are, shall we say it together, going to be good for a long time. And what do they do? 
They get out in the 09-10, they get out of the first round. They lose. In 10-11, they get out of the first round and they lose. In 11-12, they lose in the first round. They switch coaches. They get less good. They they go from Mike Woodson to Larry Drew. And in 12-13, they lose in the first round. And then in 13-14, they've added Mike Budenholzer and they lose in the first round. So in the next, depending which year you want to say they're going to be a good long time, let's go back. Let's go to the Celtics and give them credit. In their next six seasons, they win three playoff series and then they lose three in the first round. And then they break through. They have that incredible 60-win season in 14-15 with Mike Budenholzer, the head coach, and they make it to the conference finals and they lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the next year, they win a first-round series. And the next, and then the next year, they lose in the first round and it's over. And they pull the plug. So... The, the the whole version of this is after their first playoff loss, which isn't quite the same, but let's it's similar to where the Memphis Grizzlies are today, where the Utah Jazz were in their first year. They proceed to have a nine-year run, a 10-year overall run here. That's pretty great. And in that run, they win a first-round series in five seasons and make the conference finals once. So they win six playoff series in 10 years. Is this a Y for success or a N for failure? An unfair, like either or, I get it. A Y for success or an N for failure. Here's what's super interesting about this. When they make the conference finals in the 14-15 season, they beat Brooklyn in the first round, they beat the Wizards and John Wall in the second round. I think Wall gets hurt in that series. They're not, the only remaining player is Al Horford. Who, by the way, every team in the league could have got for a first-round draft pick last year from the Oklahoma City Thunder if they could have made salaries match. And I think there's like seven to eight teams that would have gone to the NBA Finals had they done it. Like, I seriously wonder, we traded Boyan Bogdanovich or some other contract and Derek Favors for Al Horford and a first-round pick. We had to give it the first-round pick anyway. And we added Al Horford to last year's team what would have happened? The Warriors didn't make the playoffs last year. I'm convinced if they put Al Horford on last year's team, they would have made the NBA Finals. Like, Al Horford wins everywhere, all the time, every place he's ever been, including Oklahoma City when they're trying to tank so they had to shut him down. College, everywhere. The only time he hasn't won is in Philadelphia. That's an indictment on Philadelphia. But here's what's so interesting about this team. is Paul Millsap, Kyle Corver, Damari Carroll, Al Horford, Jeff Teague, Dennis Schroeder by the end. When that team in the 11-10-11 season lost in the second round, it was Joe Johnson, Al Horford, Josh Smith, Mike Bibby, Marvin Williams. And they found the piece of their puzzle that they believed was going to keep them together. And in their case, it was Al Horford. And in the meantime, they ran it with, they were, you know, they kept running that thing with Joe Johnson and until they traded Joe Johnson to Brooklyn. Um, in that big deal, uh, Joe Johnson get that trade happens in the they pivot that in the 12 13 season, and then they proceed to finish their 10 year run with all of them with Al Horford. But they pivot in the middle at a similar spot to where we are, frankly, and find the guy they believe is going to consistently give them wins. I'll tell you what 10 year playoff run, five playoff wins in my version, is a success. 
I would go why there. No NBA finals, only one conference finals. I'm still going why there. You can go why with a success or N as failure in the comment section on YouTube. But it's a pretty interesting one. We probably should dig into more. I haven't looked at what all those trades were and what they did to pivot off that. And, you know, they they went from a Larry Drew's probably not a great track record head coach to Mike Budenholzer is one of the better. And that certainly changed a lot of it. But it's a pretty interesting parallel. The final one for you today, or that we have two more, is Indiana. It's not that interesting. Indiana's similar market size because of the fact that they have um, you know, similar market size. And they had the Danny Granger, Paul George, David West team, which had kind of a mix of young and old. And they made the Eastern Conference finals twice in a row and then missed the playoffs off Paul George's injury and then had five years run of trying to hold it together with first-round playoff exits. But their run is crippled by an injury. It's just worth noting. In 11-12, they get to the second round. They lose in six to the Miami Heat. And it's like, they're going to be good for a long time. And they're good for a long time was two conference finals before Paul George got hurt. The final one's the process. So four years of utter hell for Philadelphia. Like I think the most losses by any franchise in a four-year period of time. And it was brutal. 19, 18, 10, 28 wins. For a four-year run. They won 23, 22, 12, and 34% of their games. And for that, they are now, they received Joel Embiid, who's 23, and Ben Simmons, who's 21. Like, they hit on two players. One of them turns out to have some issues, and they had issues together. And as of this moment, when they lose the round that they're in right now after last night's loss, that seems likely, they will be five years into the process with three playoff wins and no conference finals and an MVP candidate and one of the greatest players in the world. Why for success and for failure? Five years, three playoff victories, no conference finals for the process. So for four years of hell, you at this point have five years and three first round playoff victories. I know the process sounds fun. Why for success or end for failure? How many of you voted a why anywhere in that process? We looked at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Blazers twice. Ten different franchises who were going to be good for a long time. And how many of you voted why at any point in that process? Oklahoma City Thunder? Draft three MVPs in three years? Is that is that what you have to do? Probably. Like, that's a why, I think. I think Houston's a why. I think Atlanta's a why. I'm more generous than you guys are. Generally, I think I'm more generous than you are. How many whys did you vote? And the Utah Jazz are at six straight years in the playoffs. Three first-round victories. Right? I think that's right. Yep, Clippers, Thunder, Memphis. 
and no conference finals. Are we a Y or an N at this point? And does looking at where the other 10 good for a long times team change your perspective? We'll dig more into the Hawks as the week goes on. We'll dig more into some other uh, Donovan Rudy trades. I'm probably not doing a show on Friday because I'm going to be in a condo with my family and my daughter's tea time's not till the afternoon, which means I have to wake everyone up in the house. And that seems like a really bad idea. Thanks very much for tuning in. This has been Locked on Jazz. Hopefully you have yes on today's show, not no on today's show. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Locked on NBA big boards. Get ready for the draft. Have a good one. See you.